feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Well, it is another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. We are kicking off season three. And uh, what a fantastic year last year was. We have some excellent episodes and we appreciate everybody's support. We truly are reaching people all over the planet. It's quite humbling sometimes when producer Colleen and I sit down and look at the stats and see where listeners are coming from. And, you know, you, you go to a convention and you walk into the room and you're standing there with four people and they're like, hey, I, you know, I love that podcast that you did with Patrick Campbell, or I love that podcast you did with Sandy Lore. It's, it really, there was a need there for something that was speaking to salespeople around the craft of being a salesperson. And we are going to take it up a notch this year. We have some amazing guests that we have lined up. That's the, the fabulous young lady sitting next to me that has done some great work in recruiting some amazing people that we will be talking to around the whole business of conquering local. Um, but to kick off season three, we got an old friend of mine, Jim Tracy. And Jim Tracy has been in the sales business for quite some time. And over the last four and a half years, we've uh, become good friends and uh, business partners. And we've uh, been growing a chunk of business with Mr. Tracy and his salespeople, which are in every state in the union. Easy Local is the name of the company. It started out as an online directory, transitioned into selling a full stack of digital products. Easy Local is one of those directories. If you're doing syndication with Yext or with Uberall, they're right in the list. So you press a button and it syndicates at the uh, headquarters here at Easy Local. And uh, before Easy Local, Mr. Jim Tracy was in the payment processing business. And we're going to dig into that with him and find out what parallels are there between the early days of selling payment processing where you know how it used to be where you had the credit card and you had that thing and it went across the credit card and it made the imprint and everything else. And then this machine came out where you just put the credit card in and it just processed the payment immediately. You didn't have to take the statements into the bank and the money just arrived in your account the next day. So Jim was at the cutting edge of that business three or four iterations of his career ago. And we've talked at length how the early days of that business mirror where we are in digital today. So we're going to definitely ask about that. Also, Mr. Tracy is one of the most rigorous people I've ever met. He runs an amazing business. He expects a lot about uh, from his people, but he also has people work for him for like eight, 10 years and uh, speak very highly of that regiment of we're here to work, we're going to do a great job, we're going to enjoy what we do, but he has very high expectations. So I want to ask him how he accomplishes that. And then how do you manage a sales force that's spread all over the 50 states of the United States and continue to grow their business? They're growing this business of Easy Local, you know, at a very good clip year after year. So Jim Tracy, my good friend from Easy Local in Chicago, is coming up next, our first guest on season three of the Conquer Local podcast. Well, I'm super pumped about this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. One of the things that I really like is getting people that, you know, fight the good fight every day are, you know, talking to salespeople, working with clients, making sure that the, what's sold is being fulfilled. Because I think that those folks are really in touch with what's happening on the street and what are the pain points 
that either salespeople are experiencing or customers are experiencing or even the greater organizations that we work in uh, on a whole. So, you know, when we, uh, producer Colleen said, we should get Jim Tracy from Easy Local on the podcast. You and I have had a couple of dinners since that time because I had the privilege of coming out to your headquarters in Chicago here a couple of weeks back. And we've been we've been talking over the last few years. It's this this whole local business of dealing with local customers. It, it really is a bit of a challenge. What what do you think in your experience is one of the biggest challenges that you see your people having as they speak to those local customers? Well, I think the biggest thing that they're trying to deal with is uh, showing a customer a quick enough result. These small business owners struggle, you know, every single day. And if they're going to put their good, hard, earned money into something, they're looking for some kind of result. And a lot of what we do, uh, some of it occurs right away, but a lot of it takes time. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have. You know, I've given a bit of a preamble in the intro about your experience, but I want to go back, you know, before Easy Local, and we'll, we'll get to the, you know, when Easy Local was created. But before that, you were in the payment processing business, again, dealing with local business people. What, what was that experience like in, in that space? Oh, that was an incredible experience. I mean, I started in that business 27 years ago um, when nobody was in that business or almost nobody was in that business. And there were pain points similar than there are today. The pain points were going out to see a business owner where they were doing the old fashioned method of accepting credit cards, or maybe they didn't take them at all. They were exclusively a cash business checks. They didn't want Uncle Sam knowing about what they were doing. And we were trying to explain to them uh, that this was going to become the norm. This is this was going to be something that they were going to need in their business. And I see this industry a lot the same way, because one of those pain points you talk about is going out there and explaining to these business owners, especially those that have been around a while and they're doing okay, that they need to invest in their business online. And, and a lot of them give us the same objections that they did 27 years ago. I don't think I need that. My customers know me. And we tell them, no, they don't know you. And, and the, the next generations of uh, customers to come isn't going to know you until they look you up online. So it, there, there are a lot of parallels, and that's why I selected this business. In those early days, and I, you know, I identify you as a pioneer because in those early days, you were pioneering the space around payment processing. So imagine where you're walking in trying to convince a business owner that they need to accept a credit card. That, that today would be insane to open a business if you could not accept a credit card. And you're absolutely right. Even though we've been, you know, challenged in the digital space for, you know, 10 some odd years now, it still really is in its infancy with a lot of business people where they, they don't know what they don't know. And they don't know that if they don't syndicate their listing data across a wide array of sources and have it correct, that they'll get more business from that action. So now we move to the, the digital space and, you, you know, easy local. What's, what's the age of the company? Well, we started Easy Local 13 years ago, uh, but it didn't always start as a uh, digital marketing agency. It started more as a directory. And directory as in, you know, you, you weren't producing a phone book. You, you started a digital directory, which is a really interesting business model. That's correct. EasyLocal.com is a directory like a Yelp or a Yellow Pages uh, place for customers, consumers to get information about businesses in their area. And, uh, you know, we, we had a, a marketplace where business owners were coming uh, to us and saying, hey, how can we expand upon this? 
And it just became a, a natural entry point for us to start doing more for them. And, you know, the interesting thing, if we go 13 years back, and I know that your listing source is in the Yext stack, and, uh, you know, you you were talking to Howard, you know, CEO of Yext a long time ago about this. That's right. Yeah, we were, I think, his first client, and, and he used us in all his early demos because we were way, way, way ahead of the curve in the ability to allow him to put live listings in and have them immediately be updated in our directory. And, and they still love us today. And then from the directory business, and I'm sure you were selling ads on that directory and priority listings and things like that, you started to expand your digital marketing stack. And, and I think that's where, where we met. And that was uh, you know four or five years ago at that point in time. Um, what was the go-to-market strategy at that point when you were working with your salespeople and sending them out to see customers? What did, what did that stack look when, when you started to expand what you were offering? Right. In the days before Vendasta, uh, we were just doing a lot of local distributions. We were doing, we were Google partners doing AdWords and um, building some websites, but we really wanted a complete package. And, and, and this isn't meant to be a commercial for all the great things you do, but it was a natural transition for us when we found you uh, to get a full stack of benefits for the customers. You know, and I, you, you and I are both straight shooters, so I know we can talk about this. I remember when we were on our first couple of calls and, you know, I want to explain this story for everybody to understand that the, the whole world is a sale. You know, we had to build that level of trust and then as time went on, you you were, you know, there were some things that we brought to you and you were like, yeah, let's try it. And others, you were like, no, that didn't fit. But it really that that evolution of that partnership and that trust has brought us to this point. Um, and it's interesting to me that, you know, that's one thing that I, I find that young salespeople need to be taught. You can't walk in and hit the, you know, the Grand Slam home run customer right out of the gate. You have to earn that trust before you move forward. Do you still see that something that, that you're having to teach your reps when, you, when you're sending them out? Yeah, the first thing I teach my sales reps, if they want to make a sale, business owners have to like them and trust them. And then, like you said, when we first met, I had to like you and I had to trust you because I was basically putting some piece of my business in your company's hands. And, and um, in the credit card processing business, going back there, we had uh, Visa and MasterCard and the banks that were really in charge of what we were doing. Um, we were a full payment processor, but all of a sudden regulations started getting tighter. Things started happening. And I had that fear going into the relationship with you. So, you know, I, I'm like a, a business owner out there when a salesman walks in and they're saying, hey, we can help you. We can do this. Well, you've got to build that 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 trust and, and you got to like the person you're working with because if you don't like them, you're not going to trust them. So I teach my salespeople that every day. You know, and, and it's interesting in, in our relationship, how it grew, in our partnership, how it grew, it, it also became a bit of a sounding board. And I was, I was with a customer that I've known for a number of years for lunch yesterday, and I like going out and talking to business owners. This gentleman's family owns about 20 car dealerships. And, uh, you know, we really, we really got down and dirty. And, and I said, tell me what you hate about your media reps. And he's like, they don't listen. They don't all, every time they walk in, all they're about is trying to sell what's in their pocket that day. They're not listening to what I really am looking for. And then when something inevitably happens wrong, they don't take ownership for it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, 
It's it's sales 101 in 2019. Those are the things that you just can't do anymore um, because you need to keep those customers. So I'm leading into your industry leading churn numbers because you're the fact that you have such low churn, there's got to be something in it, the way that you're offering your solutions. So let's dig into this because your churn is super low. When you get a customer, they stay around for a long period of time. How have you been able to, uh, you know, that's the holy grail. How have you been able to accomplish that? Well, you've got to listen to the customers. It's what you just said. I mean, I think you naturally led me into this answer. Um, if you're not listening to your customers, if you're not paying attention to them, if you're not communicating with them, if you're not showing them love, uh, and we we find all kinds of crazy ways to communicate with our customers. A lot of people just do it through phone or through email. One of the things we found is we want to talk to those customers right up front and, and what we call our initial welcome call. And we want to ask them, how often do you want to hear from us? And then we follow through with that. So that's one of the biggest things. A lot of people sign up people, have that initial impact, and then forget about them. We continue to contact that customer at the pace they want to be contacted at. Plus, we do unusual things. We send them cookies. We send them brownies. We do little things just to make sure that they know we're out here thinking of them, working with them. So we'll, we'll write a hand, have our people write a handwritten note. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Here's a brownie. You know, have this on me. Or sometimes it's just, hey, I want, I want to let you know I was working on your account today. And, and they write a little handwritten note that they get in the mail with a cookie or something. And the customers really seem to appreciate that. But that's just one little piece in the whole, you know, battle against attrition. You know, it, it's really interesting to me, that handwritten note thing. Uh, you know, I my sales manager, 1989, made me do those. And I'm still doing them to this day. And I'll walk into a customer's office and there will be my little handwritten note with the thank, you know, the thank you on the front of it. Um, it's just those little touches that, um, and you know, again, it has to be genuine. You have to truly appreciate the client. Now, where I wanted to go with this in telling me, telling us that story is, I think it's a really unique model because when, when your salesperson goes out and makes the sale, you just want them to go make another sale. And the ownership of that client lives within your four walls at the easy local headquarters in Chicago. And, and you know, is that something that you learned over the years? Have you always done it that way? Because I, I don't see a lot of landlords in your organization. It's like the rep gets the deal, moves on to the next one. You folks internally take care of everything else. Yeah, that's right. That's the way we've always done it. That's the way we did it all the way back in the credit card processing business. It allows us, A, to really have a large sales force out there. We have salespeople in all 50 states. We have customers in all 50 states here in the U.S., and it enables us uh, to keep control because if we allow those salespeople to be communicating with those business owners every day, then the salespeople are calling in every day with this issue, that issue, and then everything gets watered down. We want to have that relationship with the customer, and we want that salesperson to have the relationship with the word next. We used to have a blinking sign in our office. It was a neon sign. It blinked next, and it was huge, and, and we finally removed it because... Um, you know, it's giving people headaches, but that's the way we want our salespeople thinking. Think about the next customer. We'll take care of the customer from there. And they have every confidence we will because we're paying that rep, you know, 20% of that ongoing revenue. It's a, it's an unusual model out there, but those reps have confidence. They're saying, yeah, Easy Local has to take care of these customers. They have to keep the money coming in. They're giving me 20% of it. So, you know, it's, it's a big part of what we do. 
Well, so let's lead into this. Not that this is a paid announcement for Easy Local, but yeah. we have 10,000 unique listeners that are all salespeople out there. And, you know, I, I talk to people all day. They're like, you know, I'm running an agency. I really don't want to do the customer service stuff. I really just like going out and selling. You're telling me that you would hire a salesperson, pay them 20 points of the ongoing commission, and all they got to do is bring you a deal and you take care of everything else. That's it. And they get all the money up front as well. So whatever they charge in setup fees or upfront fees, that's right. We give them all that and 20% of the billing every month. So the residual is there on on the deal. It's a real interesting model. Now, let's break it apart. I'm an individual agency owner. I'm out selling to customers and doing all the fulfillment myself. All the things that the Jim's team internally in Chicago do for their reps in all 50 states there's going to get to be a point where you, I, you'll start breaking stuff first. You won't be able to deliver the level of customer service. You won't be able to add more revenue. So I think it's really important that we break this apart and set some real realistic expectations for these agency owners that are, you know, one or two or three or five people there. There is a growth ceiling. If you're going to do the fulfillment yourself, you're going to have to figure out how to scale that fulfillment side of things. And, and then the next piece is you've really figured out that you you have that acquisition model and you put walls around it to make yep. sure that they're laser focused on acquiring and they don't get bogged down in the other stuff. So some really good lessons in that. I, I had a really good dinner the other night with you. That was a great place that we went to. Thank you so much for that. But I, I like asking this question. You you seem to be one of the most driven people that I've ever met, and you're but you were at work all the time. Like you were on the floor actively running your business. How how much does that lend to the success that you've had? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, George. I don't like to take really a lot of the credit for my success. I am here every day at 7 a.m. I welcome every person as they come through the door. I make sure there's hot coffee going. I usually bring in donuts. Um, and all I am here, honestly, is a servant to the people that work for me. I'm here to give them the things they need, the tools they need to do their job the best. That's really the way I look at it. We were fortunate to have a number of our top agency partners arrive at uh, Conquer Local in beautiful San Diego. Pretty hard not to come there because it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. But, you know, I saw you hanging out with some of the other top producers. And if I look at the pedigree of all of those owners of those businesses, it's very similar. It's extreme ownership. It's treat your people really well. And you, you have two VPs that have been with you for like 15 years or 12 years or something like that. Yeah, Dave has been here 17 years. Derek has been with me for 13 years. So uh, Dave obviously predates even this business. But our average employee here has been here about seven and a half years. So we do build some loyalty in the employees here. The the one thing, though, we got the flashing neon sign around next. I do know that that you uh, you have very high expectations of your people and you don't you don't apologize for that. No, yeah, we're looking for success. And and I get it. You know, I want to go back to something you said just for a quick second. You talked about that rep out there that once they reach a certain level of customers, they hit what we call the Peter principle, right? They 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 get to a point where it's hard to add more before they start losing the service and they start getting to a point. We were there a couple of years ago ourselves, and we had to think outside the box to really build our business to 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 set new records. Well, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because you know, that's the pivot. And the pivot is such an important part in today's business world to staying successful. And, you know, we we internally at our organization have decided to start interviewing around 
can can you handle change? Are you change adverse? And if the question, if the answer is, you know, I don't really like change. I like to, you know, if we had to move desks three times in the next three months, how would that feel? And they're like, oh, you just see their eyes pop open. They're like, I couldn't handle that. Then it's just not going to work for you if you're in a fast paced space, which digital marketing is one of the fastest changing industries on the planet. Now, there are a number of others that are like that, fintech, healthcare. There are a number of them that are like that. But digital marketing, there is a new startup in digital marketing born virtually every second. So if you are not on that curve of, I need to be pivoting all the time, you're not going to be successful. How many pivots in the 13 years that you folks have been in business have, have you experienced? Oh, countless. I mean, you know, just, just from the products to the services to, to the way we work with the customers to the to the billing programs to the i mean there there's pivots every day as you know so i i'm starting uh, season 3 here and Colleen was kind of giving me hell the other day. She's like, you know, you're all talk business. You don't talk about anything personal with these folks. And, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. But what do you do to unwind Jim? Like, what does Jim Tracy do when he is not at Easy Local? What are you doing to, to separate and have a little work-life balance? Well, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm an unusual cat. I'm, I'm 50, 54 years old today, George, just so you know. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and you're the only one I would do this for on my birthday, to be honest with you. But uh, my big hobby, one of my big hobbies is is pinball. Um, I'm an older guy. So in the late 70s, I was a teenager. I loved the game, played at the local arcades, the local bowling alleys. And as you get a little older and you have success, you try to relive those uh, that, that glory from your youth. So I've got a nice collection of pinball machines. I love to play them. We have a local league of 32 guys here in Chicago that all play. Each of us has 20, 30 games or more. And we go to each other's house once a month. We keep scores. We, we play for a little money, uh, have some fun. So that, that's my big hobby. Well, and you're, you also, um, are refurbishing pinball machines. Like, we're not talking two machines, folks. It's got like 30 of them in a, in a room full of pinball machines. That's unbelievable. When you talk about having a vision board as a salesperson, I think all successful salespeople have the vision board with the, I'm going to earn the commission. I'm going to get that thing and that thing and that thing and that thing. If you walk into the sales rooms that we have in my organization, I've done this for years. They all have vision boards. And, and this is the thing that you, that drives you forward, isn't it, sir? Yeah. And it's, it's, I teach the same things to all my salespeople. I want to know what, what motivates them, what drives them. The day they start with me, I want to know why are you here? What what is what are you, what are you doing this for? And some guys will give you an honest answer and say, you know, my wife wants me to go back to work, or they'll give you some kind of you know cheap you know answer. But when the guy says, you know, I, I got to put two kids through college, I want to pay my house off, I want to do this, you know, you got yourself a winner. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time off on the birthday to join us in the studio here for the Conquer Local podcast. And, you know, we appreciate your support. And if you are a salesperson out there and you're looking for a home, Easy Local sounds pretty damn good to me. And Jim is currently accepting new salespeople. So um, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you, Mr. Tracy? I am. And, and, and an easy way to uh, learn about us is go to easylocalpro.com. Fantastic. Well, enjoy your day. And uh, thanks for calling us from the uh, Chicagoland area. And we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, George. Take care. Well, you know, there are so many nuggets in there for Mr. Jim Tracy. This guy 
eats, lives, and breathes that business on a daily basis. And obviously doing quite well because he's got that collection of pinball machines. There is something there. I've been, I've been looking inside a little bit, talking about my work-life balance. I had some, one of our young people at the company the other day said, hey, what do you do for hobbies? I'm like, well, I get up early and come to work. Um, but having that work-life balance is pretty important. You know, the small touches go a long way. I've been doing a bunch of reading about this. And there are all sorts of sales leaders and trainers out there that are talking, reminding people, because we live in the days of the challenger sale and we live in the days of the solution sale and we live in the days, but I really believe that people do business with people that they like and they do business with people that treat them well and they do business with people that uh, make them feel like they're top of mind. And that's what Jim was talking about with those little touches. I think it's a really important piece. We, it's not just sell it and forget it. You're not going to keep the customer that way. You need to keep yourself top of mind with that client. That compensation model is aggressive. 20 points, just go out and keep bringing me new business. And then behind the scenes, Jim's team keeps the business. And I will tell you, they've got an amazing group of people in their customer success department that is making sure that everything that the salesperson said comes true and then some. They under-promise and over-deliver every single day. And that is a big part of the success that they've had. And now let's look back at that, keeping it simple with the client, just like in the early days of payment processing and selling that, but then delivering the value, making sure that that moment from when you make the sale to the customer seeing the value, that's how they've been able to keep that amazing ultra low churn number and the retention of their customers. We continue to add folks to the Conquer Local community. It is on Slack, and you can get the link right on the Conquer Local website, which is at conquerlocal.com. And we really appreciate the comments that have been coming at us on LinkedIn. It's unbelievable to me. I, I know that people are listening to the podcast at all hours because I'll go to my LinkedIn, and then there'll be like a message that came in at 1 a.m. from this person saying, I just listened to this episode with so-and-so. It was fantastic. And what I really like is the suggestions that are coming along. So if you want to say that we're doing great stuff, great. You want to give us a suggestion of how we can improve even better. So as you reach out to us, we read every single message that we get. Please make those suggestions of possible guests that you'd like us to bring to the podcast and possible topics that we will be covering. As always, my name is George Lee. Thanks for joining us. It is the Conquer Local Podcast. I will see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Lee. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.